Hey, what up everybody? Alex Kapitko here, centered from Reality Podcast and Labor Day weekend. It is cool, it is cloudy, it's a little bit rainy, there's some thunder in the distance, and I love it. I love all of it. And, you know, when it gets cloudy and cool, I like to turn to a few artists when I'm doing work or thinking. Usually, Kenny Chesney, Jimmy Buffett, Zach Brown... Island music, some reggaeton, all of the above are great. But today, this is a kind of a special short episode. I'm going to talk about Jimmy Buffett and then talk about a little bit of the chaos happening at Burning Man, which is happening, you know, several hours to my east right now where I'm seated. It poured rain last night and most of the day yesterday, I guess. And yeah, it's the the rain wasn't good for the playa out in the Black Rock Desert where Burning Man occurs. But I'll get to that in a little bit. But first, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett died. And I'll admit I got a little teary-eyed when I first got the news. I was up fairly late last night. I was on a video call with a buddy. Sorry, I'm going to I'm going to turn off the sprinklers or not not the sprinklers. I'm going to close my window. The sprinklers are going on outside, but um yeah, I was on a call last night with a buddy. Ended the call, made some tea, was watching a show, and he texts me and he goes, oh my god, man, Jimmy Buffett died. And my buddy, it was Cole, actually, you know, who's been on the podcast a few times, and uh, we, I remember in college, really connected on listening to Jimmy Buffett a lot. Um, Both of us kind of grew up with his influence in our lives, so when he sent me that message, I was going to go to bed, but then I ended up laying in bed and listening to Jimmy Buffett, and I I felt like a tear could have been shed, because... I just started thinking about the importance and the impact that Jimmy Buffett has had. I'll get into that in a minute, but apparently he had... I've seen different reports, but it sounds like he died Friday, so yesterday, or by the time you hear this, maybe two days ago, surrounded by family and friends in Long Island. That's according to a statement posted online the day after his death. Apparently he had... What was it here? I have it it above here. He had a a form of uh, skin cancer that he'd been battling for four years, and eventually it overwhelmed him, and he died at 76. 1946 to 2023. I got off work this afternoon and went to, had a had dinner and some drinks with my mom at this bar I like, at a golf club, and uh, I'll have to say, I've never felt such a warm sense of community before, Everyone there was about 30, 40 years older than me. Probably 30, I'll be generous. And we were sitting in there, and it, there were a lot of parrot heads in there. Um, you know, Jimmy Buffett was playing. Everyone was ordering margaritas and getting cheeseburgers or fish tacos. And we were all talking and ch- doing cheers and reflecting on his impact. And there were guys in their 70s reminiscing on seeing him, seeing him play down in the Keys, seeing him at Margaritaville. And it was just this really cool sense of camaraderie and a sense of community that I just never thought I would feel. But this is going to be a hot take, but I'm going to start with it, is that he kind of created a following around beach bum, beach rock, good vibes culture. And he has a community kind of like deadheads that love it, love him. Now, I'll admit I've never been to a Margaritaville, those chains with the hotels, never really called me as much, but... It was just cool to be in there and see that he really had a big following and people were sad and the songs were playing and all of us just were happy and laughing and cheersing and just talking about Jimmy Buffett. And 
he's he's one of these guys to me that I can remember hearing his music since I was five. You know, some of my earliest memories of music and good times, a lot of his songs were there. I'll never forget being in Hawaii and hearing Margaritaville come on. I think that was one of the first times when I was young. I think I was in first grade, and I remember hearing Margaritaville. We were, me and my family, my extended family as well, we were all out on a boat. And I remember Margaritaville coming on, and I still have a visual of looking out at the sunset and just hearing Wasted Away again in Margaritaville. I, I, just, I, I just associate him with good vibes. And so I, I put out a statement on Instagram and on X, or as I call it, Twitter. I said that Jimmy Buffett didn't just die today. A good vibe died today. A guy that was just fostering good vibes for so long died today. Or yesterday. You, you get my drift. But I, I've been talking with a lot of people, and I was, just, I was just amazed to see how many people were bummed about his death. I also, you know, had this existential thought of like, holy shit, like, we're getting to that period of our lives where all these people that we grew up listening to are starting to die, which is tough as well. But my buddy Cole, I think he had one of the better points. I asked him to describe to me, I'm like, what do you think he he, he represented? Because I said to me, it wasn't just him dying, but a vibe died. And the whole beach bum kind of culture and all of that died with him. And I'm going to read what Cole said because I think it was really good. He, he basically said that he represented some sort of kind of middle class hopes and dreams and the desire to just be a beach scumbag, a beach bum, right? And he said in quotes, the kind of person that dreams of being in Key West during a snowy Cincinnati day and wears a Hawaiian shirt to feel happy. And I, I think that's really true is that I think, you know, humanity is tough. Life is tough. I obviously talk about politics and world events on here. All of that is tough. And I think what Jimmy Buffett did is he mastered a sound that just kind of made the average Joe, just the person getting through life, feel like they were on a beach somewhere. It was a vibe. It was a mental escape. And it created a whole culture around it. I mean, some people hate on Jimmy Buffett or whatnot, but you can't create an empire and a sound and be so recognizable as a name unless you are really appealing to something deep in humans. And I think that Jimmy Buffett effectively did that and very very well. And it's going to be a loss. And you know, my one of my bigger questions I I was I was thinking about this in the shower earlier is I'm like I kind of want to go to Key West and become a parrot head and really reflect on his his impact, but I'm like can you still become a parrot head if the movement is kind of ended because he's passed, you know? I I don't know. I don't know how that works. So, let me know, but either way, I just think that he is one of those really fascinating characters that's been around for such a long time. And then he's, in his later years, appeared in everything from Zach Brown songs like Knee Deep to Alan Jackson's It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. And I think It's Five O'Clock Somewhere itself just really sums up the lifestyle and the ideology that Jimmy Buffett just really fostered. The idea that it's okay to sometimes just check out and be on a mental beach and be a scumbag and just relax. And of course, I'm not telling everyone to be a scumbag all the time. Don't always just do whatever you want and drink on a beach. But sometimes it's important to just not take life too seriously. And I think that's that's what I really like about him. And also, I mean, I've just always been kind of drawn to the Caribbean and the Keys and kind of this life, this life that I've never lived and most people haven't lived. And I think the fantasy of kind of being a modern age pirate 
on a beach, you know, eating a cheeseburger in paradise and pulling into a port. I think all of that is also what is his appeal. I really do think that. And so he gave the average Joe, the person freezing their ass off in Chicago, they could put on a Hawaiian shirt, go to a local bar, hear his songs, laugh with their friends. And I think he's, he's a unifying artist. And that's what I really felt tonight. No one was talking politics. No one was arguing over the game. Everyone was just kind of laughing and talking about margaritas and good food. And one guy was talking about how he'd been down to Key West a lot of times. And it's just such a unique environment, unique place. And just people there have kind of checked out in a lot of ways. And I don't know, people have just kind of forgot about the dreariness of reality and the issues that divide us as a society and divide our world. And I I think that that, to me, is what really will always resonate with Jimmy Buffett in my head. And yeah, the next couple days, I'm going to listen to a lot of Jimmy Buffett. So you might hear some more Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. Oops, something was bubbling. Um, You might hear some more Jimmy Buffett references on the show. So anyways, great guy. I really hope he rests in peace. I hope he finds his beach. I also hope he finds his lost shaker assault, which... Maybe, maybe that'll happen. We all find peace. But in, in all honesty, I send my regards to his family, and uh, his legacy will remain. Now, the, la- the other thing I'll talk about here before we're out of here, because this is kind of my Saturday evening random topics podcast, I do want to talk about Burning Man. I don't know if I've actually ever talked about Burning Man on the podcast before. Um, all, all things aside here, Burning Man, personally for me, would be my personal hell. Just being out in the desert with that sand and dust and hippies and kind of anarcho-libertarians. I don't know. It wouldn't be for me, but I do respect why people go. I have heard it's an amazing experience. So to each their own, of course. But I don't think you'll ever find the Centered from Reality podcast um, broadcasting out of the Black Rock Desert. I don't think you'll ever see me out there dancing on the playa. But I... I want to talk about it because Burning Man's kind of had an unprecedented year. This year, I think it would would have been a good one to miss, or I guess some people are really enjoying what's happened, but basically what is going on is that, like I said, it rained a lot yesterday, and the stormy conditions have basically left thousands stranded at the Burning Man Festival. And they got basically an inch of precipitation over the last day, and it created just mud bath-like conditions because this, this ground out there, it's very dry, very dusty. And so when you add about an inch of rain in a short amount of time, I can't even imagine what that would feel like or look like out there, but not, not great particularly. And basically there was an update on Twitter and the Burning Man organization said here in quotes, Access into and out of the site is closed for the remainder of the event. Only emergency vehicles are being allowed to pass. Um, One of my thoughts here would be that they don't want people leaving. Well, it would be difficult, maybe impossible right now. But also, if everyone tries to leave at once, there's only one road in and out. Obviously, earlier in the week, and this is a whole other story, you had climate protesters blocking the road to Burning Man, also just blocking average people trying to drive through. It's really remote out there, not a lot of gas, water, or food. People were stranded because of these protesters blocking the road, and eventually you had tribal police actually just blow through the the blockade 
and it just created a chaotic situation. So that's how Burning Man started in a lot of the sense. But now they have an issue about conserving food, water, fuel, and shelter. And so that's what they're focusing on. And look, I'm, I mean, this is maybe kind of dark, darkly ironic, but I guess there is something darkly ironic about Burning Man getting washed out. A dry desert where they burn something and it's getting ruined by water. Lots of water in a place that usually doesn't get a lot of water. And I, I mean, again, I think actually I didn't agree with those climate protesters that could have caused a like an actual like safety risk. I didn't agree with them, but they're probably right. The climate is changing. And obviously, I, I think Burning Man is an environmental nightmare as well, just because of all the single-use items and just the way they run the event, all the trash. I, I know people pick it up, so don't come at me about that. But still, I don't believe that all of that just is recycled easily. But generally, it, I don't know what's next. <laughs> I'm not there, but... People have said that it's like any other Burning Man, just muddy, okay, and I guess so, but the weather, according to NPR, has, in quotes, forced the postponement of some art installations, burns, including the burning of the namesake Wooden Man effigy, a ritual that traditionally happens on Saturday night. The one thing I will say is that, obviously, as I've said, I don't want to go there, it's not for me, but I guess it would be a bummer, and I feel for the people that have gone out there, it's a tradition, maybe it's your first time and this happens, but... Look, people are resilient. There's senses of community. I would imagine a lot of people out there are probably having a good time, connecting, dealing with the difficult situation and coming together. That's what I hope. From everything I've read, it's not turning into a fire festival type of situation, so that's always good. But um, the NPR article about this also does write here in quotes, the Washoe County Sheriff Office, Sheriff's Office sorry, said it's working with the Bureau of Land Management, a federal body that patrols and permits the event, and the Pershing County Sheriff's Office to stay updated on the situation, work together, so we are seeing collaboration, which is one of my favorite buzzwords. But I guess it's just been kind of chaos from the beginning. We had the climate protesters blocking, causing miles of gridlock on a hot day with no access to gas or water, so potentially people could have been stranded out there, and now it's ending in floods and rain and delayed procedures. So that's always fun. And I guess I'll end this with something light. The NPR article starts out by saying, brimmed hats, sunglasses, and sunscreen are generally a must at the annual Burning Man Festival to combat the scorching sun and blinding heat. But this year, some attendees probably wished umbrellas and galoshes were on their packing lists after thousands were left stranded. So, you know, I, I think this will all be resolved. I hope everyone just cooperates, works together, makes the best of it, which it seems like they are. But, I mean, it's just an interesting year. It's just, I mean, I was talking to my buddy last night, you know, about how L.A. looks like in Southern California in general has got more precipitation and weather than anyone can remember. You have Burning Man, a dry, hot desert festival getting flooded. I was working Labor Day today. It was 51 degrees when I got there, cold and cloudy. Last year it was like 89 on the same day in the same place. Like, things are changing. Not for the better, more chaos and more insecurity. So, I mean, I guess to be a downer, yeah, the climate is not making me feel too positive right now. But anyways, yes, I just wanted to reflect on Jimmy Buffett, give that update. I will be actually recording soon an interview with Maria, who we did, you know, I I did that little sexism in women's soccer in Spain segment, had her voice message in it. Well, she's going to be sitting down for me, with me in a little bit for 
an interview talking more about Spain. We're going to talk about Spanish politics, all that stuff. That'll be out, I believe, on Monday, on Labor Day. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more content. Have a great rest of your evening and uh, stay dry. Stay dry if you're in the area. So you can find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, all that jazz. You guys know the rest. Take care. Adios. Adios.